Yeah, no doubt. I, I think the 49ers are, are pretty, uh, you know, pretty rough this this year. And this makes me, you know, going back to a conversation we had about, you know, is the NFC West, you know, the best division of all time? That's that's aged pretty poorly, don't you think, Luke? You know, some some unfortunate quarterback injuries. You know, one might say it's the AFC North. I, I don't know. Yeah, no comment on that last little piece piece of nonsense. But uh, you know, the the Niners, yeah, it's 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 tough. You know what they've had to deal with. Um, but I think, in, you know, certainly the the Seahawks. My goodness, I mean, as as a Seahawks plugger, I mean, I don't think I picked <laughs> against them all season. Uh, that's that's pretty painful. But uh, you know, I think it has shown that the two at the top are pretty legit. I mean, you get Arizona and and, and the Rams. Um, you know, and obviously there is going to be a little bit of carnage that they're going to, you know, that these teams get to play each other twice a year. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's still, it's still a great division and, um, you know, you know, we'll see when these quarterbacks, uh, eventually get healthy. Um, but, but I don't think, uh, I don't think there's anything that, uh, San Francisco can pull. That'll be too overwhelming for the bears this weekend. Absolutely. I'm actually, you know. I'm not, I'm not really a gambling man, but if I was, I'd, I'd take a nice, you know, Chicago parlay with the over a 39 and a half. Uh, so, mm. you know, nice little payday, but I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it too. The, the 39 and a half is, you I'm know, I'll put that in right now. <laughs> is a really, is a really low uh, total 39 and a half. It was actually, it's actually going up. Um, you know, those of us who are early actors might've gotten it at 38 and a half, but uh. <laughs> um <laughs> This man right. can't keep a straight face. All right, let's go on. Next game, you know, the Falcons playing host to the division rivals Panthers. You know, this would have been a really good game in like 2016. Uh, this year, however, not so much. Obviously, the the Panthers got absolutely brutalized on the road last week against the football giants. And the Falcons escaped a close one against, you know, the Dolphins, who are more focused on Deshaun Watson at this point. So I think us being split two and two with me and Dan on the Falcons and Luke and Peter on the Panthers is pretty evident, is, is, a, is a pretty good show of these teams' kind of mediocrity to badness. But I'll throw it to Peter because he's a shameless Panthers defender uh, ever since they beat the three easiest teams in the league. And... Uh, so go ahead and tell me why they'll beat, you know, not the Jets, Giants, or, you know, whoever else they beat, the Jags. This is more of a uh, anti-Falcons pick. Um, I think I'm kind of a Falcons hater. Um, they, they got me a dub last week against Miami, but I think Carolina might be a little bit better than Miami. Um, I've liked what I've seen with, with uh, Joe Brady and Sam Darnold or P.J. Tucker, who I think is a, uh, you know, should get some more opportunities. Um, not PJ Tucker, um, PJ Walker. I say that because the commentator also made the same mistake um, during the game. So then my mind went to that. Anyway, um, I like what their offense can do, you know, when it's not, um, you know, turnover city. So I, I want them to do it against the Falcons defense, who frankly aren't, isn't that good. And, uh, you know, the Falcons offense isn't showing me that much either. Yeah, I mean, I think the Falcons offense is looking a little bit better the last couple of weeks. Obviously, I think they've won three in a row against three pretty terrible teams, uh, kind of like the Panthers did in the first three weeks. 
I think actually they might have played the same three teams that the Panthers did in the first three weeks. Um, I could be wrong, but you know, I mean, I mean, I'll throw it over to to Luke uh, because he's also on the Panthers, and I'm curious as to like, do you really think you know the Panthers' offense since Christian McCaffrey has gone out has looked pretty abysmal? Obviously, Chuba Hubbard is not been a suitable replacement you know he's looking like a backup running back in the nfl um so i mean i wonder how you reconcile that with your pick yeah and i'm nervous about it myself i don't feel that confident in it because the falcons offense has looked a little bit better in the last couple of weeks i've loved the way that they've been able to incorporate kyle pitts into that i mean he's he's gone off the charts in terms of targets and and catches and all that um to me, you know, the, the Panthers, yeah, you know, they've, they've, they won three games in, in the start of the year, you know, against not so great opponents. And then they, you know, they've lost four in a row now. Um, and I just think this, this game might be a little bit of a rock fight. I think these teams are both probably in the, you know, 22 to 28, you know, power rankings in the league. And so, you know, I don't think there's a whole lot of, uh, disparity between the two but uh this is just one of those gut feeling games where you know i i don't think hubbard has been that bad actually i you know i think it, it hurts you know having darnold out you know when he was out um but uh but we'll see one thing is for sure though you're right brad i mean they need mccaffrey back badly i mean because he just provides a threat that i don't know about many players in the league in the last five, 10 years could provide. Um, so we'll see, you know, they, this is more of a, you know, I think Carolina's going to gonna stop the skid here of four games in a row. And, and, and like Schlack said, I just, you know, the, the Falcons have so much more to prove. Um, you know, they beat the Jets and they beat the Dolphins. Um, they've only won two in a row. They lost to Washington the week before that. Um, so, so I need to see a lot more than them from them uh, before I feel confident picking them. Um, we'll let the Panthers defenders uh, stand here, Dan. I think, you know, we both know the truth of that's going to happen in this game. So we can go on to the next game, an AFC East battle between the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I've been hearing some rumors that obviously, I think we've all been hearing the rumors of Deshaun Watson potentially heading to the Dolphins. But, you know, either way, I'm not sure he's going to play, you know, this week either, regardless um, you know, with his legal troubles still being, you know, in the mix. So uh, we're all obviously on the Bills because they're probably going to blow them out like they've blown out a lot of teams this this year. But I will give it to Dan. You can jump in on this game. Uh, you know, maybe we can do the, the thing we did last week. Uh, the spread is, let's see, 13 and a half. So, you know, will the Bills cover 13 and a half? I mean, I, I'm, I'm just kind of always been on these, on these high spreads. So, I mean, I, I think I give them two touchdowns, sure, against the Dolphins. Uh, Bill's coming off a bye, you know, coming off that tough loss against Tennessee. Um, I, I think they're much better than, than that game against Tennessee. Um, Miami, of course, lost last week to Atlanta, um, who a lot of people here don't have a lot of faith in, even the ones that pick them. So I, I think the Bills come out and just absolutely roll. Um, I, they've looked really good. Um, on offense, certainly uh, the last few games and, and the defense, you know, while it kind of got crunched by Derrick Henry um, the last time out, I, I think that they're able to kind of find their groove here against Miami. So I think the Bills win. I'm, and sure, I'll give them two touchdowns. All right. That's 
that's I think that makes it a lot more enjoyable to listen to the conversation, you know, instead of us all just being like, yeah, the Bills will win. Uh, you know, I like to do this. I like to throw the spread in there. So, you know, obviously, <laughs> I guess this is a good time to mention now. I, Luke, I don't even think has, you know, Luke doesn't know what happened last week because the minute I, the minute we finished recording that podcast, I had a day full of classes and then I drove across the country. Then I was in South Bend and then I drove back across the country. So by the time I could have published the the podcast last week, it was Monday. So I was like, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe not, um, maybe not now, but, um, you know, it's just pre, we just listen, we just watch all the games and then do our picks. Um, maybe that's what our strategy should be. Um, but no, Luke, so we did that a couple of times last week with the, because we had a couple huge spreads. I think, you know, maybe the Carol, Carol, like the, the Cardinal spread, I think was 17 and a half last week and the Rams was 14 and a half. So maybe that's our new angle. Excellent. Okay. Let's get into Pittsburgh at Cleveland because you guys are all believing in, in Cleveland, which is surprising to me because you all doubted them last week. So Luke, what's the sudden change of feeling here? Well, it helps that they get Nick Chubb back, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be Baker, but I'm not positive on that. Someone might correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, yeah, I don't know. The, the, the Steelers are a team that, you know, I want to like, and it's mostly because of you, Brad. I don't know if I would like them that much if, if, it, if it wasn't you. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it took all that they had to beat a really depleted, you know, Seahawks team. And then, you know, certainly it was a nice win against the Broncos the week before that. But uh, again, it's 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 the middle of the season now. And, and we know a lot about a lot of teams. And I still feel like the Steelers are one team that, you know, we just don't have the full picture on. I don't know what it is um, that that uh, that they're missing, but it, it just feels uh you know, like this AFC North is, is really hard to pick. So, um, you know, I like Cleveland at home and the dog pound. Uh, like I said, I think Chubb back helps tremendously. There was only so much that Dearness Johnson can do to fill both Chubb and Hunt's role. Um, so I like the, 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 uh, Browns in a close one. Yeah. So I mean, I'll, I'll jump in on behalf of my, my Steelers because look, obviously they're coming off of a bye week. I think that'll, that'll help them a lot. Obviously, they've been preparing for the Browns, who they know very well. And, you know, despite me picking the Browns last week with basically everyone on their offense being injured, uh, it was really more of a testament to my despise for the Broncos and just like how overrated they are from their first three games of the season. Because as, as I've said a million times on the podcast, my grandma could have beaten those three teams that they played the first three weeks of the, of the season. So I think that'll still be a close one. I definitely like the Steelers with the points. Um, but you know, this will be an AFC North battle for sure. Maybe, maybe it's some, maybe it's some bias, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I'll, I'll admit that maybe it's some bias. Uh, obviously there's actually, there's actually a battle for the basement of the, the AFC North, uh, which is funny because I don't think people would have believed that before the season, uh, specifically in regards to the Browns. Um, but okay, let's just go on because I was, I was rambling for a little bit there. Okay. This one's interesting because we've got a couple people picking the lions at home here, which is fun because they're obviously zero and seven. So, you know, maybe I'll throw it to, to Peter first. 
because he is the biggest Eagles, uh, you know, truther, supporter, believer that, you know, we've had on the podcast. Or maybe that's more Dan. I think both. I think both. But, um, you know, <laughs> what about the Lions has inspired you to pick them this week? Well, you know, I think I think I've liked uh, the value on Philly in some games. I wouldn't say I'm a huge Philly truther because I don't trust them that much. I just like them against bad teams. Um, Detroit probably registers as a bad team, but you know they've played really poorly recently. They played pretty competitively against multiple good teams um, at the start of the year. So uh, you know we know that this roster will be somewhat competitive. The coaching staff can get them coached up a little bit. Um, you know, it's at sleepy noon Ford field. Um, there's nothing like it in the NFL. I don't know. I just like Detroit to kind of eke out their first win here. Yeah, I picked, uh, the Rams last week, but Detroit to cover and they did. Um, and boy, did they, that, I don't know if anyone watched that game, but that was a fun game to watch. I mean, we had, you know, a couple fake punts, uh, we had an onside kick, I think in there. I mean, it, they were throwing everything they could at, at, at the Rams and they still were able to choke it away. I mean, they were, they were in the game for so long. Um, and they, you know, they played well, they showed some heart and some fight, which, you know, I've been noticing for the past few weeks, you know, ever since, you know, that game where they should have beaten the Ravens, except on, you know, Tucker's miraculous field goal, you know, they, they should have beaten the Vikings, except for a last second field goal, um, you know, and then now this week playing the Rams really tough. So I like them against, you know, as Schlack said, a Philly team that's really been uninspiring, you know, they can beat up on the bad teams, but, uh, but they don't really, uh, you know, there's, there's not a ton of, um, you know, consistencies, another word, you know, for this team. Um, so we'll see. I mean, this game is going to be, you know, and it definitely a, uh, maybe not the, uh, the, the, the cleanest of games. Uh, I think it could get messy like it did last week for Detroit, but, you know, I think they get their first win here. I don't know. I don't think they get many wins, you know, on the season, but I think this is a perfect opportunity and I think they'll be salivating for this one as well. Yeah. I mean, uh, Dan, Dan, I think in a press conference after the game, uh, you know, uh, Goff came out and said, I think we're a lot better than our record shows, which is a fun thing to say when you're own seven, because you can't get worse than what your record shows. Um, but despite Goff's, you know, inspiring words, you still, you stuck with the Eagles this week. Yeah, I, I mean, I've been I've been the driver of the don't pick Detroit bus, and it's served me very well. So I'm not getting off that bus right now. I, I mean, Detroit, sure they've played tough. I you know I'll give them that they've hung in there. But like since week one, they've scored 17, 17, 14, 17, 11, and 19. Like you can't expect to beat anybody doing that. Even the Bears. I mean, Philly at least I think shows a little bit of flashes of being dynamic on offense with Jalen Hurts. And I think Devontae Smith has really come into his own. I, I've liked what he's done the last few weeks. I think Miles Sanders is going to end up being out for this game, but I think Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell can handle that. I think maybe a little bit of a Darius Slay revenge game here going back to Detroit. Um, but as, as well as Detroit's played and as much as they've hung in there, I mean, that only takes you so far. And I just, I just don't trust them to, to put it together really against anybody until I, until I see him do it. So um, I'm, I'm sticking with Philly. 
not not super confident in it, but I'm a lot more confident in the Eagles than I am in Detroit. Yeah, I think that last line basically sums up my take on this game is, you know, I look at the two teams. I don't think either of them are all that great. Obviously, Philly, you know, they're playing with house money this whole season with the amount of picks they've got loaded up for next season. So, you know, I, I just think they have a little bit more star power, a little bit just better of an offense. And I'll take I'll take the Eagles, uh, you know, sleepy, sleepy noon game in Ford Field. Someone's told me about that a couple of times. So uh, I'll take the Eagles. I don't want to interrupt here, but we got a little bit of breaking news here with JJ Watt. They now believe, you know, he's, he's, you know, has this shoulder thing. They now think it's going to require season ending surgery. So a huge loss there Mm -hmm. for the Cardinals. Schefter just reported that. Um, So I don't, you know, obviously, you know, this is still a really good defense, but, uh, but that's going to be a big hole in their, you know, front seven. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, you know, we can jump back to that game for a second because with with Devontae Jones out, you might see the Packers go towards the run game a little bit more. J.J. Watt's been a, a absolute rock in the middle of that defense. And is I think, that, do they have Chandler Jones back or not? Because that could be, you know, with those two injuries, they could be, you know, hurting up front. So He should be back for this game. Yeah, yeah I think so. Interesting. Breaking news. As I as I edit this and maybe publish it tomorrow, tops. Um, but this is you know October twenty seventh at ten forty p.m. Eastern time. Uh, all right, let's go on because again we have some people picking teams that they did not believe in last week, and all of a sudden we've got some Tennessee Titan bandwagon fans. Uh, let's start with Luke. Uh, you know I'll give you credit because I I obviously I picked them last week to beat the Chiefs. Again, this was more of a, a sense of, I don't think the Chiefs are all that good anymore. Um, I was disappointed in the Titans. They obviously didn't really get the run game going as much as I thought they would. Um, but despite that, they took care of business at home. Their defense obviously, you know, gritted up against a solid Kansas City offense. Um, I'll, I'll talk about the Colts. We can talk about the Colts in a second, me and Peter. But, you know, Luke... You know, tell me about how you're feeling about the Titans right now. Yeah, the Titans are they're on a roll, aren't they? And yeah, the the Chiefs, you know, I, I try to give them every possible opportunity here. And uh, you know, just saying this is their bounce back game. This is their bounce, they're gonna put up 50 points here, you know, that sort of thing. And and it was the Titans that just manhandled them. And you know, they're coming off three in a row following that absolute epic collapse, you know, against the Jets. Um but they've, they've been gritty in, in, you know, almost every game that they've played. And, you know, certainly, you know, you can't necessarily fault me for picking uh, them, picking the Bills over the Titans the week before. And then, you know, and then the Chiefs and, you know, in a bounce back game, because I think I've been pretty consistent on picking them, except for correctly picking the Cardinals to beat them week one, which I still uh, will take credit for. Um but yeah, I mean, it's just been incredible to see, you know, what Derrick Henry's on pace for, you know, so far. He has just been an absolute monster. It said when I was watching the game last week, you know, it said something like he he is, you know, over the first six weeks of the year, he had a hundred and sixty something carries. Like that's 25, 26, 27 carries a game. And, uh, you know, it's, it's so clear that their offense flows through him. I mean, he threw a touchdown 
in, in out of the wildcat this past week. So, you know, I just think raw talent, the core that they have with AJ Brown coming into his shell. And, um, you know, you, you also get, uh, who's that other, uh, the other young receipt. Well, they have Julio and then they've got, uh, you know, I'm blanking on, on, uh, you know, their other receiver. Yeah. But, the, other uh, one, the other one. Yeah. They got, he's there. I promise. He's yeah, on the yeah. team. He lines yeah. up on the outside. <laughs> you know, yeah. He, he catches sometimes. So we all know what we're talking yeah. About. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, they've just been a fun team to watch. And, and certainly the Colts have, have come, you know, a little bit, uh, you know, by surprise, but I think that they've beaten the teams that they should have beaten this year and they've lost to the teams that they should have. I think they're a perfect mid tier, you know, maybe in the, you know, 15 to 20, maybe, maybe 20 on the power rankings. Uh, but I just think this is another game that they should lose and probably will. Gotcha. I'm trying to just, just clean that up and find a, find the receiver you're talking about. Must be, yeah. is, is it Nico, Michael Pruitt? Chester Rogers. No. Josh Reynolds, Westbrook uh, Akine, <laughs> Darren Evans. Um, oh, you know what? It might be Pru at the tight end, or when well, he's eighty-five. I don't know. Whatever. I'm just looking through people that caught passes last week. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy, Mitchell. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it could have been the it could have been one of the backup running backs or something. I don't know. AJ Brown is a tank though. Yeah, he's a beast. All right, let's get back into it. Okay, so Peter, I'll I'll have you jump in in here now in defense of the Colts because um you know, I think they looked okay against the 49ers. Obviously, I've I'm out on the 49ers. My logic in this game is mostly just like a, you know, a Tennessee hangover game. So I'm curious as to, you know, your reasoning behind picking the Colts with me. No, I completely agree in terms of it being a uh, hangover game for uh, Tennessee. I've been, you know, I haven't been super impressed with the Colts last few weeks, I guess, but I've been encouraged. I think they're making progress because I think they looked pretty bad at the start of the season. Um, JT looked bad at the start of the season, and now he's put up, you know, three or four very, very good weeks in a row, you know, some huge runs that, you know, we hadn't really seen in the NFL yet for him. Um, so, I, you know, I think that's exciting. I think their defense has been playing pretty well. I think Wentz has been playing as well as he has, you know, since a while ago on Philadelphia. Um, so I think they're just kind of trending up. You know, maybe that ends this week. But, um, you know, I, I think, like Brad said, Tennessee hangover game, you know, it's a divisional game, so those are always a little more competitive. You know, I, I just, I'm just picking the trending up team here, I think. I don't know if I would say that the you know the the Colts are the team that is trending up but you know the Titans obviously you know have beaten two pretty good teams the Chiefs and the Bills in the last couple of weeks this is a pretty interesting over game though with two two secondaries that are both kind of banged up and even when they're healthy not very great the, the over is 51 so you know pretty interesting uh you know, a little thing there in the in a, what I would assume to be a, a closed dome at Lucas Oil Field. But we'll go on, and this will be another game we talk about the, the spread. I'm going to throw this one over to, to Luke. Bengals coming off of a humongous rivalry game uh, in Baltimore, I believe. You know, obviously kind of rocked the, the Ravens through the air. Jamar Chase with 200 yards receiving plus. I'll take the L on, on my condemning of their pick. 
But, you know, do you think the Bengals can win by 11 this week in New York or in New Jersey? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I will first say there are two components of the reason that I'm picking them to cover the spread. I should really have them. Do I have them as my spread pick? No, but I should, I should have them as my super cover for my goodness sakes. That's what I'm going to do. Actually. I'm going to make it what Bengals 16 and a half. And for two reasons, one, I just was really, you know, you know, I'll admit I slept on the Bengals for sure. I mean, I saw them play Green Bay close a few weeks ago, but that was really all I, you know, if the Bears handled them relatively easily, you know, I'd say, um, you know, they lost to, well, I guess they haven't had that many losses, Bears and Packers, so NFC North rocks, but um, <laughs> Brad. Um, but that that's Detroit the first Lions. <laughs> Detroit Lions, who I picked to win this week. Um so, you know, the Bengals definitely are, are you know, contenders. Uh, the other component is, you know, I don't even know who they're going to, the Jets are going to start at quarterback because, you know, Wilson's out and I think Flacco's out too. So I wouldn't even know who, who you go to next. Um, so I just think that incompetence, uh, you know, piles on. And I think the Bengals are, are able to run away with this one. I thought Joe Flacco was on the Eagles. Is he on the Jets? Got traded back. Got traded this no, he, week. Yeah. He's on. The, oh, he got traded back. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm looking it up right now, and it says he's a Philadelphia Eagles quarterback. So, um, that makes sense. <laughs> I think right. Mike White is going to start for the Jets this week. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. I think that's their Mike White that. Jets. Let's let's see. Just some background for myself. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm taking I'm taking the Bengals. Um, no, I want to pat myself on the back one, one more time. Obviously, this is the last time because you know I saw I saw the Bengals coming. You know, I saw them trending up. Obviously, they beat the Steelers, so you got to be dominant to do that. Um, you know, if you look at the teams that, that have beaten the Steelers, you know, I don't want Cincinnati Bengals, Green Bay Packers, Las Vegas Raiders takes a good team to be the Steelers. So once I, once that, you know, I was, I was in on this, this, the Bengals last week. Uh, if I had ever input my, you know, my, my secondary picks, my spread, my cover, they would have been, they would have been all three of them. I would have had them super cover. I would have had them cover the spread. I would have had them, you know, as, as the, the super dog, every single one, but alas, I did not input it. So I don't get credit for that, but uh, okay, let's go on and I'll try to stop sniffling here in a second. One sec. Yeah. The spread in the next game is 14 and a half Rams over Texans. Rams struggled to cover last week against the Lions. So maybe they're not the best, uh, you know, scrub beater up around, you know. So does that does that make you hesitate this week? <laughs> I can't. Luke is making faces at me. OK, uh, you know, are you hesitant to, to take the Rams to cover this week? Well, Brad, I didn't think you. I, I thought you were going to ask me if I thought uh, the Rams are the best team in, in the league because you've asked me that every week. Um, but well, I do. You, do you? And Because um, and, I don't. You know, I, I don't. There's a little Matt Stafford effect in the way the Lions played. You know, uh, there's been a lot of roster turnovers, so not that many guys played, you know, for a meaningful amount of years with him necessarily. But I think it meant a lot to the Lions, like, as an organization and to Stafford as well. Um, you know, as Luke said during the uh, Lions write-up, 
Um, you know, they kind of threw the kitchen sink out at uh, the Rams, especially on special teams. Um, so I, I think I think it's kind of back to business as usual for the Rams. Cooper Cup's been absurd. I think he's second in the league in yards. Um, you know, Stafford's looked as good as ever, but finally with a good supporting cast. Houston, you know, Davis Mills has looked better than I think people expected, but not good enough to, you know, remotely compete with this Rams high-flying offense, especially against a defense as good as the Rams. So I like uh, I like the Rams to cover here. All right, let's go on to the to the next game because it's a little bit more a little bit more meat to the bones. Patriots obviously coming off of a, a big win over the Jets, you know, kind of running up the score as the Patriots of old used to do. This time they put in, you know, their backup quarterback and they're still throwing in the fourth quarter up like 40 points. Uh, and they're going out to L.A., which will not really be a home game for the Chargers, I assume. But we're all on the Chargers here, so I will throw it over to Luke to break down this game. I'm going to throw this to Dan because I feel like Dan would have a better insight than all me. All right, now I will. Plus, he hasn't got... I, I, you know, I'm taking it back. <laughs> Now I'm throwing over to Dan. You think Dan you hasn't gotten any today. You think you can just throw games around in this pot? You, you come into my Zoom room and think you can throw games around? No, no. Yeah, I do. No, yeah. no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. All right, Dan, go ahead. Cool. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I was kind of uh, on the don't pick the Chargers bus earlier in the year, um, but I'm, I'm a believer now. I think coming off a bye at home, you know, I definitely like him here. Um, the, the Patriots did look great last week meeting up on the Jets, but you know, it's the Jets in a game uh, where Zach Wilson got hurt and they bring in Mike White. And I don't think Mike White played terrible, but you know, I, I think the Chargers just roll here um, between Herbert and Austin Eckler. I think there's just too many weapons on that offense, especially uh, the receivers to Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I think there's too many weapons for the Patriots to keep up with. I don't think the Patriots are going to be able to, to play their style of kind of grind it out, you know, keep it a tough game. So I, I think there's just too much offensively um, for the Chargers, uh, uh, for the Patriots to handle, rather. Um, I, I, I do think it's going to be a little bit closer of a game. I don't see the Chargers blowing them out, especially because the Chargers' run defense is so bad and the Patriots have kind of found their groove running the ball last few weeks with Damian Harris. So I think the Patriots are able to hang in there, but, but ultimately can't bet against the Chargers at home coming off a bye. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the Chargers are really good, and I think – you know, I think they're looking to avenge themselves after that that blowout blowout loss uh, against the Ravens right before their bye week. That does not feel good going through your two weeks. All right, Luke, can I throw this next one to you? Because I think you've picked the Seahawks every week so far, and they've gotten to be a worse team over time, but you've maintained them. Uh, so go ahead and tell me why, after that abomination of a Monday night football game, you are sticking with the Seahawks. Yeah, that was kind of a that was a fun one to watch on Monday. Holy cow, 13-10. Uh, I'm sticking with the Seahawks because it literally can't get worse. I mean, this is a Jacksonville Jags team that, I mean, yeah, they came on, you know, a little bit uh, against the Dolphins, but that's what they had to do. I mean, the Seahawks will be playing this game at home. It's going to be 50 degrees in Seattle. If that it's probably 80 degrees right now in Jacksonville. Um, you know, again, we talked about, you know, this week one, we've talked about it throughout the podcast, rookie quarterbacks on the road, historically, you know, you know, it's, it's not that like they have much success. They've had like no success. So I think, you know, as, as, 
you know, I've tapered down my expectations with Geno Smith, you know, a lot. Uh, I still think that there's room for him to, to put up a fantastic game, but I've been impressed with Alex Collins in the wake of Chris Carson's absence. I mean, they go to him all the time. They go to Dallas on the kick returns. He's been fantastic. So, you know, I think this is a gritty game. I think this is a one possession game for most of it. Uh, the over under is 43 and a half. I think that's a great number. I think it might be under again. Um, but, as I say for the Seahawks, I mean, it's, it would be hard for things to get worse. They've lost three in a row. They've lost, you know, five of their last six. And, uh, you know, this is, this is just one of those things where, uh, you know, if they can, if they can keep the guys that they currently have, which is not a ton, but if they can keep them healthy and, uh, if Smith can figure out, you know, half the chemistry that Russ had with, uh, Lockett and Metcalf, then I think that, uh, that the Jags are in for one here. All right, Peter, I want you to jump in. I'm throwing this one to you uh, because you're with me on the Jaguars. This just feels like a game that this, the Seahawks are just going to lose. I don't know if you agree with me. Um, it just feels like the, this game's going to fall into the Jaguars' lap, if you know what I'm saying. No, I agree. I, you know, maybe I'm like a little too bearish on the Seahawks, but, you know, I just haven't been too impressed with the Geno Smith-led Seattle Seahawks. You know, I don't think their defense is particularly good. You know, Jamal Adams has gotten a lot of hate this year, and I think, you know, he hasn't necessarily backed up um, his rebuttal to that, per se. Um, so I, I like Jacksonville here. You know, Urban might be rallying the troops a little bit. Um, Trevor Lawrence, you know, hasn't looked too bad. Um, you know, I, I, like, I like the Jags here, although it is in Seattle, which makes me nervous, I will say. Yeah, no doubt that that home field advantage is legit. But I think that's enough on this game. <laughs> Even though we're split 2-2, in reality, both of these teams are bottom of the barrel. So uh, this, this, this next one, I guess, maybe has a little bit, little bit more, but not, not the most uh, meat on the bones. But this is the last one we have, some, we have some contention with. So, you know, we can dive a little bit deeper into this one. Uh, I'll throw it over to Dan. Uh, toss it light underhand uh, because if I throw it over to Luke, he'll get mad at me. And as I say that, Dan leaves and he's back. All right, Dan. So defend your uh, Washington football team pick. And maybe after that, I'll we'll let Luke uh, talk about why he picked the football team last week. Well, I mean, I first of all, I've not been impressed at all by the Denver Broncos after that three-game three and zero start this season similar to Carolina played three terrible teams looked great you know since then just have not done anything watching that game last week I was so disappointed in the in Denver going against Cleveland without Baker without Chubb without Kareem Hunt you know with a couple of injuries on the offensive line playing with a banged up uh, uh Jarvis Landry and a banged up Odell Beckham both of them ended up getting hurt in the in the game I mean Denver was so lucky that game was 17 to 14. I mean, it, it, the whole game, it felt like Cleveland was up by 20. I mean, Denver just has not shown me anything. And Washington, I think you, you look at last week, losing 24 to 10 to Green Bay, and it was a game that was a lot closer than that. It, Washington, I, I believe, had three trips into the Green Bay red zone where they didn't score at all, it turned the ball over either on downs or on a turnover. So Green Bay, uh, uh, Washington rather, was right there. Um, and I actually like Taylor Heineke a lot. I, I've He's, he's just a guy that I feel like I believe in a little bit more than Bridgewater at this point. Um, uh, it's, it's just a, a lack of confidence in Denver. And 
I, I just see Washington going in there and, and being able to get it done. And if I, if I, if it's a close game, I, which I think it's going to be, I honestly trust Washington a little bit more to make a play than I do Denver right now. Yeah. And obviously of course, you know, we don't even need to get Peter's take on this game because he's obviously picking the Den the Broncos cause uh, the only thing <laughs> it's fitting. Cause you know, it's a Bronco and he rides them so hard. So um, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we can go on. That was, that was one of, that was my worst joke that I'd make so far. I think on the podcast history, I've had some good ones. Uh, that was my worst one. So I apologize. <clears throat> All right, let's motor through these last three games really quick, and then we can get into some college football. We're all on the same page. Uh, Tampa Bay going to New Orleans. Tampa Bay obviously dog walked the Bears last week, and New Orleans was on the you know the winning side of that abomination of a of a Monday football game we were just talking about. So this is kind of a no brainer, don't you think, Peter? I do. Um, you know, I was really impressed seeing you know the full Tampa Bay game, obviously up close and personal last week. You know, their pass rush, maybe it's more of a function of the Bears O-line, but their pass rush, uh, you know, looked kind of like it did in the playoffs last year. I think that's really encouraging. Um, their offense was crazy. Um, New Orleans didn't do enough to take advantage of kind of a down Seattle team, in my opinion. Like, uh, they, they obviously won the game, um, but, you know, I think they had the talent to, uh, you know, blow them out a little bit more. So I like Tampa here, you know, by a, a pretty solid margin. All right, we'll go on to the next one, and I'll, I'll rotate these through. So this one will go to Pete. We'll go to Dan. Sorry, um, I felt like this line was really close when I looked at it. It was two and a half uh, Dallas. I feel like the Vikings Dan have been getting some pretty thin lines. I think Vegas has seems to have a lot of trust in them, but none of us do. So what do you think about that game? Well, I mean, this is my super cover, which you should completely and hundred percent trust and put money on because I have not gotten a single super cup right yet this year, but we'll, we'll keep going at it. Uh, these are two teams coming off a bye. Dallas has just looked incredible, has absolutely been rolling on both sides of the ball. I mean, Trayvon Diggs is pretty much guaranteed to get an interception every game. Zeke has really found his form. Dak looks great coming off an injury and the Vikings are a team that just have not looked great. I mean, played that tough game where they ended up beating Carolina in overtime and we kind of determined Carolina is not who they used to be, you know, had a tough game uh, against Detroit and got bailed out by a 50 yard field goal by Greg Joseph as time expired, you know, lost 14 to seven against Cleveland looked terrible there, you know, ended up winning up in Seattle. I think that's actually a decent win. Uh, Seattle was kind of at full strength then, but the Vikings just haven't shown me anything. Dallas has absolutely rolled. Uh, I'm totally giving Dallas a touchdown here. So we'll see if I can finally get a super cover this week, but I think Dallas rolls Minnesota. All right. And the last game of the week, the Monday night football game is also, I just wanted to say two NFC East teams in primetime games this week. So, you know, sad, sad week for the, for the, for, for the, 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 so a sad week for football fans everywhere. Um, and you know this is this is the Kansas City Chiefs bounce back game, don't you think, Luke? Yes, I was just about to lead with that. You know, we've been waiting for a couple of weeks. What's going to be the bounce back game? You know, they get killed to the Bills. They bounce back against Washington. They get killed to the Titans. They're going to bounce back here against uh, the Giants, and they have to because otherwise, they play after this. They play the Packers, the Raiders, and the Chiefs. 
so they've got to get things going here. Um, otherwise, the record, you know, the win-loss column could get real ugly. Um, so we'll see. I, I just think, you know, it's it's goes without saying. They've got the talent. They've got the firepower. They've got the explosiveness. They've got the potential. Um, even their floor, and their floor has been low this season, I still think is higher than, you know, the Giants' floor because it's been uh, – it's been tough, but uh, I have been, uh, I, I really liked how Kadarius Tony's come on strong for the Giants, um, you know, in the absence of Saquon and, you know, they've had to go to the the air, him and Sterling Shepard, but the whole Giants roster is so banged up. I mean, you look at their injury report. I mean, they've got half the first team offense that's, you know, day to day or questionable and, and, and banged up in, in some regard. So even if they were at full strength, you know, I would still lean toward the Chiefs and the fact they're not. I mean, I just, you know, I don't see how this game is uh, going to be close. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you know, the Chiefs defense, the Chiefs defense is obviously their issue, you know, looking for the Chiefs offense to bounce back this week, big time against a pretty terrible uh, Giants team in total. But let's go on. We've got some college football locks coming in hot. Dan, again, doesn't miss, except for the two times that he did. We'll start with you. Uh, we've got Florida State as a as a big as a big underdog, and you're taking the points. Tell me about it. Yeah, Florida State uh, nine and a half uh, at Clemson. Um, I, I think first of all, I think Florida State's a lot different team uh, than they were at the start of the year. You know, played some tough games: Notre Dame, Wake Forest, uh, Louisville's a, ha- a halfway decent team as well. You know. Um, then the last three weeks, you know, they ended up beating Syracuse, beat North Carolina, which is a great win, and uh, destroyed UMass last week, uh, which is just kind of a confidence booster. But Clemson, I, I feel like it's just one of those teams, you know, I talked about it like I, I do not want to at all compare them to the Detroit Lions, but the, it's a team I talked about like the Lions, you know, Clemson, I'm looking at their point totals at 17, 17, 19, 21, 8. It's like Clemson just seems to be offensively, challenged here and I I don't see them beating anybody by nine and a half let alone a team that's playing a lot better like Florida State um, ended up pulling DJ Uyunglele in that uh, Pittsburgh game so um, I don't know who's who's going to start here against Florida State or or who's going to finish the game but I I don't know if Florida State goes into Clemson and wins but I certainly think that they cover nine and a half okay and you know I don't think anyone here has the right to doubt you with your, your prowess. So, you know, I'm not even, let's just go on. Uh, So Peter has Michigan favored. He's taking the points to cover against Michigan state. Obviously it is in Lansing. So, you know, the home field advantage, you're not worried about. No, I think Spartan stadium uh, is going to be raucous. I, I think I think that definitely will play a factor. Um, but I just I think Michigan's gonna be able to run the ball on uh, Michigan State. I think Michigan State's got a solid defense, but I, I like the way Michigan's O line and running backs have played this year. It's been really good. Um, on the other hand, um, Michigan State obviously is one of the best running backs in the country, Kenneth Walker. Um, but I think Michigan's run defense has been pretty good. You know, they've been one of the only schools to stop uh, the Wisconsin run offense this year. Um They've looked good. Um, and I, I also think the Michigan quarterbacks, um, Cade McNamara, and also we've seen old J.J. McCarthy sprinkled in. 
you know, they haven't been asked to do too much, but they've played well. Um, I, I don't think that Michigan's going to blow out uh, State here, but I just think they're, you know, a solidly better football team, and I think they'll take care of business by a touchdown or so. Yeah, I think this, uh, this is an interesting one, especially just in the Big Ten, obviously. You know, maybe this puts Michigan on a collision course with Ohio State, uh, you know, for the yeah. for the for this to be the to be the big dog in that division in that conference, I should say. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> and you know, obviously with Harbaugh, you know, you don't you don't love you don't love Michigan in, in that game, but you know, in this game it's a little different. So yeah. yeah, we can go on. And obviously this one I'm I'm a little bit more invested in. And I was actually surprised before the podcast that this line is so thin, Luke. Uh go ahead and tell me about Notre Dame versus the Tar Heels. Well, I think the line is so thin is because North Carolina absolutely can put up points. I mean, that has not been out of the question this season. You know, they've thrown up 59, 38, you know, two weeks ago against Miami, they threw up 45. So, and Notre Dame's defense has been a little bit leaky, but, um, you know, they're really tightening things up. Uh, and, and so it just seems like everything's clicking on offense uh, for Notre Dame. We found a right, a left tackle. Thank God. Uh, we're running the football much more consistently. Um, you know, Michael Mayer is, is ever present, ever true. And, uh, you know, I'm really inspired, you know, certainly after the, the Cincinnati loss, um, you know, just seeing uh, us get into a little bit more of a rhythm, even though the, the Virginia Tech game was was closer than we would have liked. Um, you know, that still showed that we could put up 30, 35 points a game and then uh, to put up 31 last weekend to really be dominating until, you know, the fourth quarter when USC scored a couple of garbage time touchdowns to make things, you know, the slightest bit interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that it's only three and a half. Again, the disrespect that Notre Dame gets in the, in the national media is, uh, is real. I think we are, you know, fair to be put 11th right now. I think that's pretty fair. Uh, but I don't think three and a half is fair. And, uh, I think North Carolina is way too inconsistent for, uh, for the odds makers to, uh, to doubt us like this. Yeah. I guess my one hesitation with this game is after watching, uh, number 15 on the Trojans, I think his name is Drake Johnson, Drake, if I forget, but basically the whole game, you know, the Trojans are obviously throwing it to him, whether it's a screen pass just to get it in his hands and run 10 yards. I was really disappointed in the, the lack of adjustments, the lack of even just like the lack of like our corn, our secondary to, to be able to handle that guy uh, doesn't really bode well for our secondary for the rest of the year. And so that would be and Kyle thing. Hamilton's out. Yeah, of course. Uh, which obviously played a big factor in being able to double team, you know, USC's best, best receiver. But, you know, I was trying to let, uh, Freeman uh, from the stands that he should probably double cover that guy, but you know he couldn't hear me. I was a little too high up. Uh, but my my, if you can hear it, my throat is still not recovered from attempting to help coach uh, on Saturday's game. Much to the chagrin of my girlfriend's friends who I was sitting with. Um, so <laughs> we can we can go. On. Okay, well that'll be it. That'll wrap us up for week eight of the NFL season week eight of the podcast and you know don't forget to shout us out like i said like i say every time follow shoot us a message with some feedback we appreciate everyone listening and have a happy halloween and a blessed all saints day for luke 
uh i'll shout that out um but yeah have go a to mass weekend. go to mass yeah uh have a great weekend everyone enjoy the week of football